All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. We're talking Week 12, Blue Mountain uh, Fantasy Baseball Champion League Baseball here today. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Sorry if I'm a little winded. Just got done hitting an Inside the Park Grand Slam in my Church League softball game tonight. Um, no witnesses, but <laughs> I'm telling you guys, it did happen. Kyle was on TV today. And Shane's claim to fame. I shot a 77 today. I played around a golf. There we go. 77. 77. I was going to say that Shane is still the only member of the league that's never had one of his messages responded to. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I guess we'll save that that conversation for another day because I'm sure you could talk for a little while on that. <laughs> um, so how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, hanging in there, man. I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. Doing well. I uh, I think you ruined Shane's trivia though tonight because I think his question was going to be about the only league member not to get responded to. Yeah, what's up with that? At least somebody give him like a courtesy LOL or something. <laughs> it's pretty much no, a known man, fact. Whatever. I don't even I don't even reply to league messages anymore because every time I say something, it just, just the conversation goes blank. Uh, I I don't even know if my messages go through to everyone. Uh, maybe just, everyone just got tired of me talking, probably. Yeah, what'd you guys what'd you guys think of Shane's idea for the non-playoff teams paying for the league website? I still think it's a tremendous idea. <laughs> I back it one hundred percent, and doesn't doesn't seem like it's gonna get much burn here in the league, though. Oh, and I forgot Kyle's claim to fame is not that he was on TV. He was the first person in league history to reverse a veto vote. So let's start out there tonight, um, <laughs> Kyle. What happened? You got, um, you got guilted into it? No. I mean, yes and no. I mean, the truth is, when I clicked veto the first time, um, I literally clicked it thinking, you know what, Josh always vetoes every trade, and I'm going to veto all his trades. I thought it would be funny because he was in the deal. And then I realized that the trade was lopsided and it was gaining a lot of steam, and I kind of backed into a hole and didn't fess up to why I vetoed and was actually quite embarrassed because that was my first official veto. So um, do I think the fair was trade? I'll tell you right now I don't, but that doesn't mean I veto. Yeah, it was I just vetoed for that reason yet. I went back and listened to last week's podcast today and I at one point asked you where we went forward as a league from this trade and you're like, this thing's dead and gone as far as I'm concerned. Like this trade has no shot of coming back. It's over. We need to move on. And here we are, and the trade happened because you took the knife out of Zach's back. So, Yeah. <laughs> <Not> bad. <laughs> Shane, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest, uh, that, that we could even consider that a possibility <laughs> of doing that. So that's just my opinion. Um, you either veto the trade or you don't. Uh, that's just how I view it. Um, I thought it was a very unfair trade. That's my opinion on it. I think I made that clear. Um, I think a couple teams got a lot better, and one team didn't really get anything in return, and that's that. <laughs> well, Marshall Ozuna did hit two home runs last night, um, so good on Josh for that. I think last night may have been the first time he's put together a legal roster <laughs> since the trade happened. I saw he picked up a first baseman today. Yeah, he was rocking like a 14-man roster <laughs> for a couple of days there. Just not running anybody out there. Um, I thought so. it might have been a, val- uh, a strategy this week playing Tom. Maybe he was trying to let Tom gain, 
gained some ground in the standings. There. I thought he was just prepping his team for when he plays Zach next week. He figured he'd just roll <laughs> over and give him 14 next week and uh, make it make the deal really lopsided. So that's that's where I thought this thing was going. But uh, looks like Day's back playing fantasy baseball again. Good to have you back, Josh. Um, we all need a five day break here and there every now and then. So um, why are you shaking your head? Because that's funny. <laughs> That's why. I thought that was good. Um, If I'm being honest, I did think about taking my vote back, too. Um, If only for the fact that the point that I want to get into next, Bino brought up a point um, to pretty much ban all voting from next year moving forward, um, which I am, despite the fact that I have vetoed trades before, I'm a huge proponent of that because... Um, if I'm being honest, I've used the veto because it's a tool that's been given to us, not because I believe that veto. I think everybody pays money to run their team. They should be allowed to do whatever they want with it. Um, but I've seen other trades get votes in the past, so I vote for trades that I feel like are in that same ballpark as other trades that have received votes. So um, because of the fact that Bino made a point to say that moving forward he'd like to propose that we remove all votes unless it's a clear breaking of the rules. Um, I kind of thought about going back on my vote as well. So just being honest about that. Well, this is where I'm going to jump in. How do I figured we, you would. I was going to ask you. How do we... I guess the, it comes down to how do you say what crosses the line and what doesn't? Um, how do you know that a rule is being broken? How do you know something's being broken uh how do you identify something that crosses the line as, as far as a trade that shouldn't go through? Well, you don't. You don't. But the guys on the CBS Sports Podcast, they talk about vetoing trades all the time. Um, you know, writers wrote in or send in emails with, hey, this trade happened in my league. We're going to veto it, you know, um, and one of the guys' response is, and I thought it perfect, is you shouldn't ever veto a trade unless you're ready to kick one of the owners out of the league because of the trade. Like, it it has to be blatant enough. Because, honestly, you know, I've been thinking about this too. Where where does Zach go? Where do we go now from here with some of this stuff? Like, he's pissed. And I, I, I think he probably has a right to be pissed. He made a trade. Someone accepted it. And guys in the league decided that they didn't want that trade to go through. Was it a fair trade? Probably not. But there's not the first unfair trade that happened in our league. So he has a right to be pissed about that. But really, if you're going to tell somebody that they can't make a trade because they feel like you feel like they broke the rules, then you should be ready to give them their walking papers, in my opinion. And I don't know how you feel about that. I, I, just, feel, <clears throat> I just feel like there has to be some kind of grounds. I mean... Obviously, a lot of trades come down to how you... People are going to value players differently. Uh, that That's part of the league. That's part of what makes, that's the makes name it of the fun. Game. That's, that's, that makes the league fun. That I'm no arguing there. But, I mean, obviously, I, we had a discussion this week. I take things to extreme when, when I go over these things, talking from my side point of view. What's to stop me from saying, hey, I really value draft cash next year. Throw me $10, and I'll give you my two best players. Is that fair? Is that something that should be voted on? Should I be kicked out of the league for that? No, but nobody kicked the Diamondbacks out when they traded Shelby Miller and got Shelby Miller for for the top prospects in baseball or whatever it was. I mean, 
people make bad trades all the time that, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just feel bad. like there has to be some kind of... I mean, I think that the veto process is there for that reason, where people can voice their opinion say, hey, I don't think this is fair for the entire league. You, The guys that made the trade may have thought... Well, there's a lot of things in this league that aren't fair for the entire league. It's not fair that somebody gets four days of illegal rosters against them when other people are scraping to pick up a category here and there. There's a lot of things that aren't fair to everybody in the league. There, we have problems with... I mean, <laughs> we can only do so much to make it fair for everybody. It's, I mean... Shane, you're starting to sound like a Democrat. I was going to say, this is Bernie Sanders right here we're talking about. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, if anything, I feel like I'm just completely opposite of that. I mean... Well, usually you are, but this kind of sounds the other way. You want fair. He wants people to be held accountable. Yeah. What, and that there's a difference between... I guess, I guess that if everybody's held accountable, then it's assumed that everything will be fair. Is that what kind of where I'm, you're going with Yeah, this? I mean, as long as you get... I feel like the veto process, I mean, it's there so you get your say of whether or not you, you thought it was a fair trade for everyone involved in the league. And if the amount of people that we set set place in our Constitution that many people vote for it, then I feel like that that should be the process. Um, I think, I was going to say, I feel like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, in professional sports, there is no veto process. There's just the league just has to, the commissioner, commissioner ruling. The, yeah, it has to go through the commissioner's office. So, I mean, that's why Chris I mean, Paul's not on the Lakers. We strive but. to get to the most realistic league we can possibly. So, I don't know, maybe do we move towards letting the commissioners decide if we think there's collusion or if it's a fair trade? I, I don't know. It's just a thought because clearly this is not making people happy to veto and how it's going. Now. Well, here's so. the problem, and I think, I think that it's gotten to a point in this league where people take vetoes against their trades personally. And I know that you don't see... Shane, I'm talking to Shane, he doesn't see any faces in anything. He just sees... Yeah, I, I you see transactions. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. You would veto a trade if I if I was in it. I don't care. I, when it's inside the league, I don't care about any of you guys. <laughs> I mean, it sounds harsh, but as far as the league go, I mean, trying to win the league, I I'm, I, I feel like everyone in the league is my competitor. Um, I, I want to beat all of you. That's yeah. just how it is. I, I don't view it as oh, you're my friend. Uh, I won't I won't do this. If I think it's unfair, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna voice my opinion as far as that that goes i mean if you made the trade i would 100 percent have vetoed it 100 100 times every yeah, time i know but i feel like i feel like the votes have now become a thing where yeah i mean i made a trade last year with tom i remember i traded for robinson cano i gave him archie bradley and robin robert stevenson and i remember that trade got four or five vetoes yeah um people are more than welcome to their opinion <laughs> evidently four or five people didn't think it was fair maybe josh just Wanted a veto. <laughs> yeah. But, hey. So I think that's the problem. I think the problem is the perception of the votes is that they're personal. And obviously, with what went on earlier in the season, maybe Zach feels like my vote was personal. It wasn't. Um, and as I said, I thought about going back on it the next day. But you beat me to the punch. So I'm the hero. You're, you are. Everybody loves Kyle. Trading your best players because he always saves the day. Thank you. <laughs> um, anything else to add about that? You didn't, Kyle. You didn't say too much about 
um, what Shane had to say about keeping a veto process. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I stand on it. I think there's, there's definitely value um, to having the veto process, but I also completely understand the fact that, you know, everyone does pay their money and they have the right to run the team the way they want to. And that's honestly why I have never vetoed before outside of me wanting just to make a joke at Josh and get turning sour. So um, I, I get really pissed when people veto my trades. I take them personally. I do. So I think that was a great point that you made as well because sometimes I just feel like people are vetoing my trades because they're like, oh, I don't want Kyle to have a deal or I don't like Kyle or whatever when the trades that I think I'm making are very fair. But yeah. We've also had people in the past tell me that I am the biggest shark in the league, too. So, whatever that, you know. Yeah, I don't know who would say that about you. That's seems yeah. rude. Um, but then, you know, I, I want to get back to the point that if you feel like a trade's unfair, and maybe this is where a point we need to get to, if we're going to take the votes out, then if somebody does break the rules in a trade, you know, maybe it's time to, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> You hate to tell somebody they're not allowed back. And I don't think any any trade has ever gotten to that point in this league where um, we've had to say, you know, this person's not good for the league because of a trade they made. So maybe we're not there yet. All right, um, Shane, it's time for you to take the floor. All right. Time to stump Kyle and myself. Not going to happen. I think I have a pretty good one for you guys tonight. Um, so far, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. Um, not quite there. There is not one player in Major League Baseball that is on pace for a 30-30 season. Mookie Betts is the closest. Um, he's not on pace for 30 steals, though. There are 12 active players that have had a 30-30 season. One of them I'm going to give you is Grady Sizemore, just because... I feel like we could have been here forever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I couldn't even remember. I don't even know where he's at right now if, if he's playing. But I guess he's technically still considered active. So there are 11 players that have had a 30-30 season that are active. One of them did it while playing for two teams in the NL and AL. So it wasn't for the same team in the same league. Can you name them? Mike Trout. Mike Trout did do it in 2012. He had 30 homers and 49 stolen bases. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran is the guy that did it in two leagues. In 2004, uh, he had a total of 38 homers and 42 stolen bases. Carlos Gomez. Carlos Gomez has not done it. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez did do it in 1998. <laughs> so long ago. I was 10. <laughs> The other cargo, Carlos Gonzalez. He did not do it. Man, I suck. Should I just stop? Didn't we say Brandon Phillips had a 30-30 season? He did. Brandon Phillips. Brandon Phillips did do it in 07. Jacoby Ellsbury. Ellsbury did do it. In 2011, he had 32 and 39. How many we got? 
You guys got five of them. Five of the eleven. All right. Robbie Cano never did it. Um, I feel like this is a bad guess, but I'm going to say Hanley Ramirez. Hanley did do it in 08. He had 33 and 35. Dude, you're on fire. No, Thanks. I don't think Billy Hamilton's done this. No, definitely not. <laughs> Unless you can count the extra steals as uh, homers. Um, I still don't know if he got there. Yeah. <laughs> You're close. I don't know if he has 30 homers in his career. I highly doubt it. Um, Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun did it twice in 2011 and 2012. 33-33 and 41-30. This isn't a guess, Cos. What about Carl Crawford? He read it 30 no. bombs? I don't think so. No. What about Kinsler? Ooh, that's tough, but I don't think I'll he's say there. it. Ian Kinsler. Kinsler did it twice. Oh, wow. 09 and 2011. You love Kinsler. You love him. Of course I do. <laughs> How couldn't I? He went 31-31 and 32-30. Kyle, what about Josh Hamilton? Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Josh Hamilton. Did not do it. No. Ah, she... He might have given us that one. McCutcheon? He's not on there. No, I don't think he ever had 30 homers. Alright, let's think here. Jason Worth. He did not do it. Jimmy Rollins ever get there? Um, he had 20-20-20-20. Yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't do it. What about Curtis Granderson? He's not on the list. Man. Well, I thought that one would have been good. Um, David Wright? David Wright did do it in 07. 30-34. Got two names left. You guys have done pretty well on this so far. Are the two ones left hard? Um, two uh, pretty well-known players. One was in 07, the other was in 2011. Last person to do this, by the Matt, way. Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp did it in 2011. 39-40. What was the last one done? Mike Trout was the last one to do it in 2012. Been a while. 2007. This last person's 07? Yeah. Um, Jose Reyes. <laughs> Did not do it. That's bad. <laughs> he was really good in 07. <clears throat> 07 was 
Rollins MVP season. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins did do it. He <laughs> seven. Had 30 bombs and 41 stolen bases. You guys did pretty good with that list. And I have a bonus toss-up here. Uh-oh. A little bonus round. There are four players in Major League Baseball history that have gone 40-40. Can you name all four? Four players in history? Bonds did it, right? Um, Jose Canseco. Canseco was the first in 88. He went 42-40. Griffey? Griffey did not do it. Wow. Did Bonds do it? Barry Bonds did do it. 1996, he went 42-40 as well. That's absurd. Um, were any of them on the list that we just... I think A-Rod. Yeah. A-Rod in 98, his only season of 30-30 was a 40-40. 42-46. And one more. I don't think so. I want to say that it was Eric Davis. It was not. All right. Vlad did not do it, but he did have a few 30-30s. No, oh, really? Wow. I think it was two. two or three. Uh, Alfonso Soriano. That is correct, sir. Nice. 46-41 for Alfonso Soriano. Guy was a fantasy beast. Yeah, he was. You guys did really well. I'm surprised there's only four. Yeah. Nice question, Shane. That was that was well done. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys did pretty well with that. All right, um, let's move forward here. Kyle, you you did the agenda for tonight, um, and you want to know which minor leaguer or DL player will make the biggest impact in the second half, and you only want to talk about competing teams. Yeah, because uh, and the reason I guess I want to talk only about competing teams is because you know. If someone great comes up on Tom's team, it's not really going to make a great impact on scores um, or, you know, push him to any kind of limit. Um, sorry, Tom. Uh, but curious if, you, if there's anyone out there that you guys are seeing on someone's DL or um, minor league team that you think is going to make a big push uh, so that they won't maybe don't have to make a trade just as, as nice as a piece come in. Well, there's two names that come to mind, one for me. One minor leaguer and one DL player. Uh, the minor leaguer is Alex Reyes for Shane's team. Um, you know, it's no secret that Shane's in the market for pitching. And I think the reason he hasn't pulled the trigger yet is because he's hoping Reyes comes up soon and is dominant. Um, and then the other guy on the DL, I think, has to be AJ Pollock from uh, Andy's team. You know, that was one of the better keepers in the league. And. I think Andy's definitely feeling that hole um, that Pollock's left him because he fills up a bunch of categories. So those are the two names that pop in my head right away. Yeah, those were the two names that actually came to mind for me as well. I mean, I've been waiting for Reyes all year. I, I, I need It's no secret I need pitching. Um, really counting on him to, to jump into my rotation and, and be as dominant as he has been in the minors. Um, looking forward to seeing what he can bring, hopefully. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of strikeout potential there, and I need that. So, Reyes is the guy I'm most looking forward to. Pollock, obviously, probably a top 20, top 30 player. Um, just sitting there, kind of question mark of, of when he's going to come back. Um, 
could be a huge, huge bonus for the Balls team down the stretch. Yeah, I think those are great calls. Um, I mean, I often look into my division when you know I'm paying less attention to those teams. So just taking a look at Adam's team, um, I think he has a couple pieces coming back that are really going to help him when when they uh, are able to come back. So Hunter Pence stepping back into his lineup. I mean, he was on a tear before he got injured. Yeah, he's really good. Um, and he also has Duda on his bench or on his DL. So having those two guys come back, I think will really help his offense. And then we talked about him needing another starting pitcher, and uh, Glass now is on his way. So I think, uh, depending on how well he throws, I mean, he could be that X factor for his team. Yeah, the other name I think that comes to mind on Andy's team is Orlando Arcia. I think we all expect to see him at some point. Um, you know, Jonathan VR has kind of given the Brewers a reason to not call up Arcia. And one thing I think I want to talk about VR real quick, since we're just talking about the Brewers' uh, shortstop position. How old do you guys think Jonathan VR is? 26. 25? Yeah, he's 25. I feel like he's been around forever. Um, and I'm just, I guess, curious about the fact if I maybe have a keeper-level player here. Um, you know, $3... 25 is kind of when we expect players to really develop into who they should be for the next four or five years. And um, I think most people would say what VR has done this year so far is really fluky, but I'm starting to buy it the more and more I see what he does. I mean, six bombs, mid-20s stolen bases. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled with what I've gotten from VR, and I'm not necessarily thinking that Arcia pushes him out of town. I'm thinking maybe he pushes him over to third base. Yeah, I, I think uh, Arcia is going to end up being their shortstop. Um, it's going to be interesting what they do with VR. Um, obviously, the season he's having so far, it's going to be hard to get rid of him. Um, really playing well. And still at the young age like he talked about, um, I think he definitely have a keeper value player. Um, what would you get him for in the draft? What, three bucks. Three, that wasn't expensive. I know... That was me and you in the VR jer- Jerko yeah. sweepstakes draft day. Um, got the better of me on that one for sure. Yeah, I have to completely agree. I think VR's a, I think he's a no-brainer keeper at three bucks at this point. Um, there's no risk there. Uh, you know, I I kept a guy like Kettle Marte hoping he would turn into something like VR. So uh, if you have someone already producing like that, you hang on to him. Um, then also, real quick, before we steer too far away from the original question, one other name came to mind as you were talking, and that was a guy that is neither on the DL nor in the minor leagues. I just spotted uh, him too. D. Gordon? D. Gordon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, he could really add a huge speed threat to Frank's already pretty potent offense, and uh, his team could get pretty scary with him in there. Yeah, as we sit you know, here in Week 12, Frank is still first in the breakdown. Um you know, we've talked a little bit about the bad luck that Frank's run into, but obviously we've given his team some love the last couple of weeks as to the squad that he's putting together and adding D. Gordon to the mix there. Um, that could be huge. So, yeah. Yeah, and real quick, too, one other thing. Um, you know, if Stephen Wright was injured, <laughs> I would say he would probably be the guy. But... Stephen Wright went nine strong yesterday. Uh for the slump bus. He's amazing. We have to give him some love, man. 
Sure, great, great guy. The other guy that sure has, um, Josh Hader, just got promoted up to AAA. He's a dominant left-hander. I don't think sure is going to get what he's hoping to get out of Aaron Judge, though. Um, he's He really scares me, man. And a couple of the prospect guys that I follow in the industry, they, they're down on Judge. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on him. I mean, obviously a huge power potential, but... At, at what cost is it going to come as far as him being able to put the ball in play consistently? Um, strikeouts are, are obviously a concern there. Um, a lot of hope, a lot of, a lot of potential there, but I, it's just going to be interesting to see whether that materializes and he can become a huge fantasy asset. Uh, the way it's looking, it's going to be more boomer bust for this guy. Hey, we all know it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't talk a little bit about my team. So, <laughs> um, my pitching staff has always been bad. Um, every year and so to have guys like Rich Hill Tyson Ross Alex Wood all in the DL right now excited just to get some arms back that I think could be very good I mean Hill and Wood were doing well before they got injured Ross is another story but um, just hoping those guys come back healthy and give me a staff that's a little scary. I was going to say for you I mean he's, I know he's already up but I, I think Cody Reed could be a huge impact for for you I mean obviously your offense is pretty pretty stacked, pretty solid. Um, it's going to come down to the finding the right pitching arms, and I think Cody Reed's going to be going to be a big piece for you down the stretch. Where, where do you guys stand on Joey Gallo? Obviously, the playing time route isn't what Andy would hope for, um, but where do you guys stand on him? Because I love Joey Gallo. Yeah, I, I would just say I, I don't see him getting any kind of playing time. Just... The way Profar is playing, you know, I mean, he's cooled down a little since his torrid streak at the beginning, but um, it's clear they want to give him at bats. So uh, leaving Gallo and Miners seems like that's going to be the move. At, at what point does Prince Fielder become just so bad that they <laughs> maybe take a chance on Gallo? Not only Fielder, <laughs> but Moreland, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both the worst players on the Rangers team. And, you know, that the Rangers, I think, have shown in the last 40 games or so that they're a team that's going to be there at the end. So I think Gallo can make a huge impact. Um, and, yeah, I'm a huge Gallo fan. I think he's one of the better fantasy prospects that we have out there. You know, I don't know if anybody on the in the league watches House of Cards, but, you know, Frank Underwood, the, the main character of the show, always, when he was vice president, he always referred to himself as a heartbeat away from being the president of the country, and I think Gallo's a heartbeat or a hamstring away from being a five-hitter and a, a really good offense. So, um, you know, Beltre's old, Fielder's old, Moreland stinks. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's nice to have that depth that they have in AAA, and it's not really great that he's on Andy's team for me because that would just be another... Uh, lethal weapon that he would have coming up on his squad. All right, so that was that was a good that was a good question, Kyle. Um, let's get back into trades here. What do you guys think? Um, you guys think the dust is kind of settled with trades, or, or is this just the calm before the storm? Here, um, to me, it kind of feels like everyone's kind of walking on eggshells as far as making trades right now. Nobody wants to be the next person that's vilified. Um, 
that's that's at least the sense that I get. Everybody's looking to pull one over on somebody right now. In my in my opinion, it's hard to get a deal done right now. Well, I think the reason that it's slowing down now, I'm not so sure that, that that's there's any truth to that. But I think the reason it's slowing down is because I think we have was it 12 teams that have said I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's four teams that have said they're out, and I think there's 12 teams so far that have said, "Hey, I'm in this thing for the long haul." Um, so there's just very little buying options as far as just looking out and, hey, I'll, you give me one of your players, I'll give you some prospects and cash. Yeah. Um, so those deals have kind of slowed down. I can only look at the Chichu Malubas one anymore. <laughs> like, I can't look at that team anymore and see who, who, who would give me something from that team. I can't do it. I, I look at Tom's team every day and I'm sick of it. I think I might have looked at Tom's team more than my own. Yeah. Uh, I look at his just about every day as well. It's, it's awful. Like, I mean, I've talked with Tom. It's like, I don't know who on your team I, I, I want to go after. Um, yeah, like I'm trying to reconcile in my head if Carlos Santana is <laughs> worth going nuts for, and I just can't do it. I'll tell you the biggest problem with wanting to make a deal with Tom is feeling like I have inadequate assets to give him. Yeah. He has so many good pieces. Like, I feel like the only thing on my team that would bring his team value is Cody Reed, and I will not give him up because he's helping me right now. Yeah, or Cash, and... He doesn't want it. He doesn't want cash. Um, or my cash, at least. My so, cash is no good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess what we're saying is Bino did what he wanted to do by making the eight playoff teams. Is that... Or is it just too early yet for some of these teams to throw the talent? Well, I guess the, the teams on the border right now are, are all pretty close, though. I mean, the 12, 11, 10, what is it? Sure... Fifth, and <coughs> I'll my head Jordan, Jordan and Zach, I guess. Zach and Adam are kind of right there. So, I, mean, I mean, all those teams are, are within within ten games, I think, of the playoffs. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I haven't I haven't looked that closely at, at that that area. Um, but everyone's kind of within striking distance, so I think they're kind of they're feeling it out. And I mean, you still we still have what four weeks till the deadline, but. Well, we, do we change it to July 31st? July 31st, yeah. So, I mean, we still have a full full month and a week until the deadline. So, teams have some time to decide whether or not they, they want to sell. Um, but it doesn't look like they're going to this year. Um, so, I guess in that respect, it did work out as far as we got more teams that are willing to play the season out. Yeah, I, I'm having a real internal war in my head every day about whether or not to make some of my players available just because... You know, I look at the teams that are ahead of me, and I don't know where I fit in. If I'm as good as them, if I'm not as good as them, if I have a legit chance to win it this year or not. And, you know, it sounds stupid to make a selling move or two um, when you're in first place and you have a 12-game lead in your division, but it's something that I've really thought about. Like, should I put a price back on the market? Because there's such little stuff out there. Um, I feel like I could get some good value for players like that, but... You know, price has made such a difference on my team since I've added him. It's a real war that I'm having in my head. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be more deals before the deadline. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think anyone thinks there's not going to be. Um, I just think the high profile deals might be might be done for the for the year. I mean, there's only limited players that are available on the teams that are out. Um, they've all pretty much gotten rid of most of their trade bait. I mean, there's a couple more that that can still fall. Um. You said Carlos Santana. I'm sure Tom's looking to move him somewhere. 
Not that that's a huge ad, but someone's got to take a chance. Yeah. Um, trying to think of, of the other guys. On Tom's team? On anyone's team. Well, I mean, on Bino's team, we probably look at Brandon Moss and Johnny Peralta. Um, on Day's team, Day still has some guys, Neil Walker. You know, if somebody blows him away for Kluber, I'm sure he'd be willing to move him. Um, and then, like, Tom's team, you got Wainwright, Carlos Santana. And then Burkhart's team, you know, Tulowitzki, if he starts to hit. Um, yeah, I was going to say Darvish. 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 Jose Reyes, who has started every single day in Burkhart's middle infield. He has yet to register in a bat this season. <laughs> um, Got to have the first at bat as a stallion. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure he plays this year, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, it's, inter- it's interesting, but like Shane said, nobody's necessarily blowing you away as hey I gotta go out and get that guy right now I mean I look at my team and I I feel like I need to make a move I I feel like there's teams that are better than me right now Um, clearly in the pitching department for sure Um, but I've been really fortunate the past few weeks to to have a lead it's like I don't want to go and mess things up right now Um, (laughs) And there's just not a whole lot out there as far as top-end pitching talent available. Yeah. Uh, I I I, Go ahead, Kyle. I was just going to say, I think we have a podcast first. Um, I'm making a deal while we're on air here. The trade is officially going to go through. Oh, yeah? You guys excited? I can't wait to veto it. (laughs) Well, the good news is it's with Zach, so I may get vetoes. Um, (laughs) I'm trading him Brett Gardner, and I'm receiving a third-round minor pick. That's weak. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that exciting. I know, no, no, I was expecting yeah. something a little better. Yeah. Uh, you win that deal. Good job. <laughs> I know you don't like Brett Gardner. I don't. I'm the only other person that likes Brett Gardner, hey. and I refuse to trade for him. So notoriously miserable hey, second two, half two player. With two walks, so I think that's what was able to sell the deal. Um, so I'll, I'll assess it quickly if you guys are cool with that. It's just kind of share where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I just I feel like with my current outfield, there's not a lot of times that I feel like I want to play Brett Gardner. Um, I'm excited about Max Kepler. I know he started off fairly slow, but recently he's been hitting the ball pretty well. Um, so I just don't see room for him in my everyday lineup. And I got two pitchers coming back from the DL here soon that uh, you know I'm going to need to make room for somewhere. So getting rid of the extra hitter, I think, was something I needed to do. And it also cuts twelve dollars off my cap here that. I guess technically seven when I had a five dollar guy, but uh, if I want to make another deal down the road, it's it's nice to have that freedom. Yeah, Kepler was the one outfielder on your team that I probably would have been interested in acquiring. Um, you know, I thought about making like a Kepler and Paxton for Quintana offer, but I wasn't sure if you were, were interested in that, and it just didn't happen. So, yeah, I guess it's too late to know now. Yeah, that's all right. <coughs> Where do you stand? You said you like Brett Gardner, Shane. Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously a Gardner fan. I fell into the trap last year. Um, it's a trap. <laughs> it is a trap. Uh, I feel like Scotty playing uh, poker. <laughs> He's trapping. About. He's always yeah, trapping. Played Scotty Castellovich. You don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> but Scott, yeah, listening. Hope you're doing well. I think Gardner's a, an undervalued player in our league. I think he's undervalued in a lot of leagues. Um, but he 
obviously had the absolutely terrible second half last year, and that's kind of shied me away from him at, at all. I mean, I know you've tried to sell him to me a couple times, and I just can't buy into the guy. It's not the first time he's done that either, in my opinion. I mean, I feel like he's been bad in the second half before. So. We'll see. I mean, it seem, seems like Zach's uh, acquiring a lot of players here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm wondering I'm not really sure where they're all going to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I know I reached out to him specifically because you felt uh, bad Fowler about going down. So I oh. uh, thought that he would have the interest in at least filling in Gardner for now with a cheap price tag with a third round pick. So. Yeah, I think it makes sense for both sides. So. Hey, it's only one round later, and I didn't have to give up Miguel Cabrera. Is <laughs> <laughs> that too soon? Yeah, yeah. It I might think, have been. I'm I sorry. think it is. I think it might be a little too soon. Hey, let's take a look at the standings here real quick. Um, just want to say that Cody has 94 wins this season, and if I would have gotten those five wins back um, that I got taken away from me, I too would have 94 wins. So. I uh, just wanted to quickly take a peek at the standings. Those are the two things that pop off the page for me. But um, Shane and Kyle in a little battle to see who's going to be the first one to get to Hundo. So, well, I, I would hope that we're both going to get there this yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, both sitting at 98 wins. Um, you got Billy right there at 96. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. Who who are the eight playoff teams right now? It's uh. Got the four division winners leaders right now are me, Billy, you, and Kyle. And then I think Cody. Cody's in the five spot. Frank, Frank's, I believe, is in the six. Yep. Then we got Zach. Um, Zach is in the seven. Yep. And, and Adam's in the eight. Adam, yeah. And then you have Andy. Andy in the nine. Jordan Revolution. Jordan in the 10. Uh, actually, yeah. And then... Uh, Caleb in the 11 and Sure in the 12. Yeah, how good is Caleb's team right now? Kyle, you're getting a first-hand look at it. Dude, it's annoying. He has seven home runs already. And I bet if I check the score now, he might have mm-hmm. more. Um, his offense has been great. Luckily for me, he threw uh, that pitcher from Pittsburgh today. Boskin or however Alfredo you say. Alfredo Boskin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seven earned in three innings. He just sounds like he's not starting good. him. Um, yeah, I mean, his team is good. His offense has been its been nutty. Yeah, he's on pace for like 20 homers this week. Um, Shane, you had 20 homers last week. Who did you do that against? Uh, I did do that against our commish. <laughs> oh, Zach, that's right. <laughs> uh, my team went absolutely nuts last week on offense. Um, just home runs every night. Uh, it was crazy. Good thing he got that Hamels deal approved so you could uh, <laughs> get him in there for that one start on Friday. He did pitch well. He did yeah, pitch he well. Did. He game. did throw well. And you did not say anything to anybody about Hamill's throwing well, which I can't imagine that you were probably ripping things to shreds watching that start. <laughs> no, I, I think the fact that my I pretty much locked up all the offensive categories by, like, Friday, Thursday or Friday, well, it was kind of uh, easing my pain a little bit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything further. <laughs> hey, before we go too far, uh, Shane, Bryce Harper won for one on the night with Connor. Yeah? Just a quick update. Starting to turn it around, buddy. It's time, baby. Watch out. You got another another week until he's got to be hitting 280 with 20 homers. 
All right, there was a trade accepted. Uh, <laughs> Brett Gardner goes to Kingdom Come. I'm going to, right now, click Approve. Just to get that on the record. <laughs> um, approving that deal. It's fair for both sides. It's one vote. I would, I would veto it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Um, well, I guess... Real quick, wrapping up the trades. How soon do you think we'll see someone throw their hat into the seller ring? Are we going right up to the deadline here? I think we're going right to the deadline. Uh, like we said, I mean, Sure is in 12th. Adam's in 8th. He's only 12 games out of the playoffs right now. So, I mean... I can't imagine that, that at this point he wants to sell. I spoke with him a little bit because I'm playing him this week, but he said he either wants to win big or lose big, so he can kind of know. He doesn't want to get stuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, certainly don't want to get stuck in a spot where you're eight, ten games out going into the last week and you have very little chance of making it, um, and, and you don't get a chance to sell your players if that's the route you want to go. So. He said he's gonna he's gonna hang on for a little bit here and, and see what happens. So I think it's gonna make it all the way to the deadline. Well, if I'm doing the math right here, the deadline will be in week 17. So that's a lot of baseball left. Mm-hmm. That that's that's a long time. Yeah, I think, I think uh, your original question, just answering that, um, you know, is, is the dust settled for trades or is the calm before the storm? I think. The fair answer would be it's calm before the storm. I think uh, there's going to be a stretch here where there won't be a lot of deals happening just because teams are going to try to see where they're at and assess. And then I really think the floodgates will open and there's going to be a lot of moves here towards the deadline, I'm guessing. It's tough, too, because if your team's underperforming right now, which I would say for the most part, I feel like my team's slightly underperforming guys like Jose Bray, we're starting to pick it back up. Dozier, too. Um, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like it's better to just hold with the team that I have and see if some of these guys bounce back, but I don't know. Kyle, I, I feel like I have to say this. Um, I streamed a reliever tonight that did not record an out. So wow. I am human. Uh, <laughs> I am capable of uh, streaming relievers that, that don't do well. See, I was going to check to see if you had insider knowledge that you weren't telling us about and bring that up to the league and get you kicked out. No, Shane still doesn't have a computer, so he can't, he can't possibly do that. That's a good point. All right. Um, next thing that Kyle wanted to talk about here, um, there's three outfielders on each of our teams that are exceeding expectations, I think, to put it relatively here. Will Myers for my team, Adam Duvall for Shane's team, Michael Saunders for Kyle's team. And Kyle wants to know um, who you guys got the rest of the season. Yeah, so I'll just start by saying that I posed the question mostly because uh, I know we often like to gas up our own guys, and uh, I think it's fair to say we know the most (coughs) about each one of these players and can probably defend our guys if that's what we want to do. just wanted to get your feeling. I, I think you you started off nicely by saying they're all uh, overachieving because that's really where I think we're at with it. And I'm curious what we think uh, is going to happen from here on out. 
Well, clearly all three are playing above the level I think we expect them to play at. Um, to answer the question, I'm going to go with Will Myers. Um, I think dun, his dun, dun. I think his is the most legit out of the three. Um, with that being said, I, I I really don't expect Saunders and Duvall to to tail off that much. Um, I've gotten a chance to see Duvall play especially because he's on my squad, uh, following pretty closely, and the guy seems pretty legit. Um, I don't know that it's obviously he's been insane. He's been really good. Um, I don't know that it's uh, 45 home run pace good, but the power the power certainly seems pretty legit for this guy, and. I, I like what Saunders is doing, too. Um, obviously a big boost the other night when he hits the three homers. But he's been playing pretty well, too. I, I don't think he's going to slow down as much as you might expect, either. But I think Will Myers, the all-around game, is what does it for me. Um, can help you out in a lot of different categories. So he gives that gives him the edge. Yeah, it's no secret. I was excited about Myers coming into the season. And he's probably the answer for me here, too, just because... You know, former top three prospect in baseball. There's obviously skills here that everybody has seen for a long time with this guy. And it's really been a question of health. Um, and looks right now like he's healthy. So he's on pace for a 37-20 season. That's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But one thing he did say before the season started, he said, he, I want to go 20-20 this year and I think I can do it. Um, so... I think I've mentioned that before in the podcast, and that's one of the reasons why I bought into him because players of that pedigree and talent level, if they say they have the ability to go 20-20, I tend to believe them. So um, Machado said it last year, and he did it, and Myers, um, I don't think he's far far off as a prospect as considered um, what Machado was. So I like Myers too. Yeah, so let me start by saying I think this is – I think it's close. I mean, that's why I posed the question. Um, I have a tough time really deciding who I would pick. You know, obviously my heart is close to Saunders being on my team. And, you know, he was a guy that the talent was always there but couldn't stay healthy. Um, and it's finally looking good. So excited just to have him playing well um, and to be on my team. And then being a Reds fan, you got to love Adam Duvall. I mean, He's coming out of nowhere and just raking, and he doesn't look like he's slowing down. So, um, you know, had the chance, as you guys know, to go out to Cincinnati um, and watch a couple games that uh, Lauren took me out to. And, you know, just being there in Cincinnati, it was just cool to watch him play and how much everyone loves him there. Um, and then finally, Will Myers, I think, exceeded uh, <coughs> expectations and being such a highly touted prospect, the you know, again, it's it's good to see him playing good baseball. So, all that to say, I think I have to agree with you guys. I think Will Myers is the is the answer in that he does provide in other categories that mostly steals that the other two don't, and I think that's what just sets him apart from the back. Yeah, I think it's that and the fact the position flexibility with Myers is is another thing that puts him over the top for me. Um, I think it is pretty close though. Um, Obviously, I think the power for the other two is, is is a little better, more legit than Myers. I don't know that his power has as much staying as the other two. But, yeah, being able to put him in a couple of different spots and the fact that he can fill that stolen base category for you as well, um, I think that's that's what does it for me. All right. Um, 
I want to end this the show with a little trivia um, from nice. me to you guys. Nice. Like and, being on the other end. Yeah, just real quick here, just some fun stuff. Um, I want to know if you guys can tell me who the top player at each position is on the player raider. Um, so let's start off with who is the top catcher on the player raider. Jonathan McCroy. Um, yeah, I'll go with LeCroy as well. Uh, you're both correct. He is 80th amongst all players. Wilson Ramos is 84th, so four spots behind him. Uh, LeCroy's been great, and I don't expect him to end the year on Milwaukee's ball club. Who's the top first baseman on the player Raider? He is 18th amongst all um, position players. Uh, just behind him, a bunch of guys in the 25 to 42 range. Um, Paul Goldsmith, Edwin Encarnacion, Mark Trumbo, Anthony Rizzo, Eric Hosmer, and Miguel Cabrera. All those guys having nice seasons. It's surprising. I think everybody's been kind of down on what Goldie's done this year, and there he is, 25th overall. Um, real quietly having a great season. He's had a really slow start, and yeah. now, he's, now he's picking it up and playing really well. All right, who's top second baseman? Jose Altuve. I think that's got to be the answer, no yep. doubter. Yep, that's correct. He's third amongst all players. There are three second basemen in the top 11. Ian Kinsler is ninth, and Robinson Cano 11th. So second base, um, another position having a great, great year so far. Third base. Nolan Arenado. He's like seventh or sixth, so it's got to be Arenado with the homers. It is Arenado, um, which just stings, and I'll leave it at that. He's tenth amongst all players, and Donaldson right behind him at thirteenth. Uh, who's the top shortstop? Got to be Ian Desmond, right? Who were you considering? Uh, Seager or VR were the other two in my head. All right, Desmond is second amongst all shortstops. He's seventh amongst all players. VR is 26th amongst all, amongst all players. Seager's 54th. The top shortstop in fantasy baseball today is Xander Bogarts in his 347 uh, batting average, <laughs> nine homers, 20 doubles, 10 stolen bases. He's been incredible. He's got 100 hits already this year. Um, and top outfielder. Betts. Yep. It is Mookie Betts. He is fourth amongst all it, players. Pitcher Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, starting pitchers Clayton Kershaw, obviously. Um, top closer. It's still got to be Britain, right? It is. I would guess. Not yeah. Britain. Oh, no, okay. It is Kenley, um, Kenley Jansen. Yep, he's got one less save than Britain. He has one more win than Britain, though. Um, two more strikeouts. 
and he's actually behind Britain and Whip and DRA, but they're close. So Jansen, that one win, I guess, has a little more value than the one save and, of course, the two strikeouts. So Jansen um, is the top relief pitcher. So just a little fun trivia to end the show here. You guys got anything else to add here in Week 12? No, that's it. That's all I had. I think I'm good. Kyle, you're getting ready to leave the country. I am. So if uh, anybody wants to make trades, hurry up and do it before I leave. Uh, my flight leaves around 5 on Friday. You'll so, have internet access over there? I will, but um, it'll be very limited. So, I mean, before I, before I go to bed and when I wake up, I'll have it briefly. So my lines will be changed. I was going to um, say, you got someone stateside here to check your team if you're busy? or. Yeah, my brother's done it in the past for me, so I'm sure I'll just reach out to him. Frank's I don't not, trust anybody else with my password. Frank's not going with you? No, he's not. Is this a family trip? No, this is actually uh, a missions trip with Push the Rock. So we'll be uh, running basketball camps through the day and playing games at night against local pro and semi-pro teams. Nice. So ready to get some buckets. <laughs> <laughs> These soft Europeans. <laughs> yeah, show them how we do it over here um, stateside. Um, that's all we got for week 12. Um, pretty good show tonight. I think we covered a lot. And um, no hard feelings. And make sure you guys go out there and approve that deal that went through. Um, no controversy this week in week 12. Let's make it a clean one here <laughs> in the Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champions League. Um, for Shane Stein, Kyle Stramara, I'm Matt Kozlowski of Red Triangle Sports. Find us on Twitter at Red Triangle 23 um, and find the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, review, um, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening, boys, and we will talk in week 13.